John Barillaro shrugs off claims the government played politics. We make commitments. You want to call that pork barrelling? You want to call that buying votes? The term pork barrelling is, is common parlance. And if that's the accusation made on this occasion, I'm happy to accept that commentary. Pork barrelling, defined as the practice of allocating government grants to curry political favour within certain electorates, can constitute corrupt conduct, according to a new New South Wales Independent Commission Against Corruption report. The ICAC has said that any ministers of the Crown who engage in pork barrelling may be liable to criminal charges. The report itself stems from the public outcry caused by the blatant ministerial discretion at the allocation of public funding through the Stronger Communities Fund, which led to the then Premier Gladys Berejiklian publicly acknowledging the practice, having signed off on certain funding allocations and then shredding any evidence of the process, allegedly in clerical error. Asked if using taxpayer dollars for political benefit is acceptable, it's not an illegal practice. Uh, unfortunately, it does happen from time to time. On the podcast today, we speak to Barrister Stephen Lawrence about the findings and whether or not the process of pork barrelling can be legislated against. Stephen Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. Hey, Jim. Good to be with you, mate. Great. Yeah, so look, obviously in light of the release of this report by the New South Wales ICAC, Historically, there have been questions raised in Parliament over a range of grants programs, including the community grants program, uh, the rural grants programs, the sporting grants. Uh, now it has emerged even today that uh, embattled sports minister Stuart Ayres has, has used an agreement with the NRL to have funding allocated within his own electorate for $300 million stadium for the Penrith Panthers, in, despite the fact that that contract has been ripped up to shreds and no other stadiums are getting funded. How much scrutiny is placed on these decisions uh, as it currently stands in today's atmosphere? Yeah, look, Jim, this is one of these super controversial areas where the community is obviously rightfully concerned about the way that public money is spent by officials. And on one hand, uh, people are very averse to the idea that politicians might be spending money according to their political interests. Uh, but on the other hand, I suppose people also want to be able to lobby their political representatives and ask that resource uh, allocation decisions be made by politicians in particular ways that they like. So there's both a political and a legal dimension here. And obviously the political controversy is one thing, but a recent report from ICAC has also inserted into the public argument the reality that on some occasions, the way that grant monies are spent can amount to corrupt conduct and indeed can amount to a criminal offence. So the answer there in terms of where does this line lay is quite a complicated one. But what ICAC has basically said is, look, on one hand, obviously politicians can make decisions about resource allocation. Indeed, that is a primary reason why they're elected. Uh, but on the other extreme, if it's done in a way that is dishonest, um, is partial, is attended by conflict of interest, for example, then it could amount to corrupt conduct. It could amount to the criminal law offence of misconduct in public office. So I don't think the ICAC report has really clarified things 100%, but it certainly made it very clear that on one extreme, mis, uh, maladministration of grant money can amount to corrupt conduct. Oh, the Guardian reported that specifically uh, ICAC said in the report that pork barrelling could amount to corrupt conduct if the minister or a minister involved influences a public servant uh, to exercise their decision-making powers or urges them 
to an assessment of the merits of a grant in a dishonest or you know partial way. Um, mm. uh, why does that create another element as opposed to the blatant uh, ministerial discretion? I think it will often come down to, for example, is there a specific provision of legislation that governs how that expenditure decision is made? So, for example, if under the law it's a bureaucrat who actually has the power to make the decision, then it could amount to misconduct in public office or some other relevant offence for a minister to use their power and authority to, in effect, lean on that official. Uh, you may, for example, have a policy under which a minister does have the expenditure decision, but the policy is crafted in a particular way and the minister subverts that policy in a way that could be so dishonest and so partial as to amount to misconduct in public office or some other offence. So I think it will depend very much on the detail of the applicable policy, the specific provision of legislation that's involved. And if you, for example, have a very broad-based ministerial power in law, then it may be less likely to be a criminal offence or corrupt conduct for the minister to simply make those decisions as they see fit. So pork barrelling could result in a further breach of the ICAC Act, uh, according to the report also. Uh, If it's conduct amounting to a substantial breach of the Ministerial Code of Conduct and it's put before ICAC, isn't that enough to outlaw this process or does it, do we need specific legislation to address this conduct? i draw a distinction here uh, between what is corrupt conduct for the purpose of the ICAC Act, which indeed can include a breach of the ministerial code, and what is a criminal offence, for example, that effectively makes certain conduct unlawful in a way that will have serious consequences. So there is a distinction there that I think is quite important. But, look, it's certainly a real warning sign um, or real warning for politicians that if they misuse grant programs, they run the real risk of it being referred to ICAC and a crop conduct uh, finding being made. But from a community point of view, it can be difficult for the community to know exactly where the line does lay because in the context of discretionary decision-making, in the context of broad policies, often it will be really a question of degree and a question of evaluation as to whether, for example, the type of misconduct involved is so extreme that it rises to misconduct in public office or a breach of the ministerial code or something similar. Just quite hard to identify in advance. So one of the main recommendations is that uh, the government, uh, the whole of government guidelines on grant making should be enshrined in sort of a statutory regulation. Does that mean that there should be more transparent checks and balances or a bit of hoops to go through in order for these grants to be allocated? And is that something that, you know, uh, we would all accept uh, as, as, a, as a minimum standard moving forward? Look, I think that sort of framework is needed and you only have to think back on the seemingly unending sequence of grant scandals to realise that the legal and policy framework at the moment is probably not consistent with community standards and it was quite startling for me, uh, for example, reading the ICAC report recently to reflect on the fact that, uh, that unlike at the Commonwealth level, at a state level, we don't even have 
a provision um, in the relevant financial accountability legislation that all expenditure must be conducted in a way that is ethical and and um, a proper use of public money. Uh, there is a provision like that at the Commonwealth level, and I think that's a really important lawful restraint um, on bureaucrats and politicians when they make decisions about our money. Protect yourself at work. Call the PSA today on one three hundred seven seven two six seven nine or head to psa.asn.au. 